Good afternoon. You're listening to Mother's Justice Show at 1150 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. We who believe in freedom all over the world cannot rest till freedom comes. It's a lot of things happening all over the world today and every day. I mean, but some of it we get the news and some of it we don't. But I'm sure we're getting a lot of news. I haven't watched any news, but I'm sure everybody in America knows what's going on right now uh, in Israel. Uh, uh, and uh, with the, uh, and, and Palestine uh, and that type of thing. I just send whatever energy I have, you know, thoughts and thoughts, not only thoughts, but love, love. You send out love vibrations in the world and it does, it does help the world. And I'm convinced of that, been convinced of that for over 40 years. So I want to uh, thank all my guests, for uh, all my listeners out there and all, all our supporters. Our happy time is coming up here. Our uh, annual breakfast is November 9th. Uh, seven to nine uh, uh, a.m. at the uh, at the um, Esquire Club. Uh, Attorney Vonda Sargent is going to be our speaker, and we always give an, an award out uh, at that breakfast. And you can go to Mother's website. It's Mother's S O Mother's uh, for policeaccountability.org, and the link should be there for you can buy our tickets on uh, Eventbrite. Uh, uh, so anyway, I, I hope you show up, and if not, you can always donate to mothers and help us keep us going. Uh, this is our 33rd year. Who had a clue that we would be going this long? Um, we're always hopeful that the world is going to continue to get better and better and better. And in some, in, some, in some instances, it has. I mean, it's not the same world I graduated in in 1963. Some for better and some for worse. Uh, it, wasn't as, it was not as much violence. <clears throat> in our community when I grew up uh, as it is today. And, uh, and also uh, it's a lot more, it's a lot of love out there. And it's a lot of young people going to college. I mean, I have four college graduates, uh, grandkids. Uh, and, uh, and then my other kids, I also finished college and I uh, finished school. So anyway, uh, life goes on. I mean, one thing about it, it never goes backwards. Uh, I was waiting on Mr. Rye. He said he was going to hop on here, give us a quick update. My other guests will be coming on around uh, in, in our, during our first break. So. But in the meantime, let me tell you about what's happening. Uh, the, the mayor's budget has been proposed, and he has the shot spotter uh, 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 there again, and the sound technology to let the police know exactly where to put the shot, where the shots are coming from, so they can get there a lot faster. It's going to be a lot of opposition against it as usual. It's just a pilot program. I mean, it's not like it's a real program. I mean, it's a pilot. Let us see if it works in Seattle. Why deny people in Seattle to, you know, to see if it works or not? I mean, that's like, wow. You know, and if it doesn't work, we'll join the chorus of people who say it worked. And if it does work, then we can join the chorus of, of, of communities that are satisfied with it. But I do know that the escalation of violence is such because people know they're not going to get arrested. And until you get some major arrests here, this is not going to stop. That's what's going on in the 90s. They made some major arrests. They had the gang unit and all of that was out there. I mean, but I think more importantly, who's giving, where are all the guns coming from? I mean, I, I think we have to be real concerned about all the guns that we're coming from. I did talk to a former classmate of mine, uh, uh, Rosa Harrell. She lives in Detroit. I talked to her about the shots spotted there. And um, and one of the things she said there, there's been some opposition against it. But she said the most important, the most pronounced thing that's happening in their community is children uh, finding guns uh, without, uh, without trigger locks on it uh, and, uh, and, and harming themselves or other people. So, you know, if, if adults are going to have guns, they're going to be responsible. They really should put a trigger lock on that gun and make sure that a young child can't get it or even a teenager can't get those guns. Um, 
I often said 30 years ago, over 33 years ago, I thought that we would have a lot less violence in our community if we took our children to the gun range and, so, and, and let them learn gun safety. And they would have a healthy, a healthy respect for that gun. Uh, but, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and when we don't do that, then it's like, wow, I mean, I don't understand why you don't want to be responsible. And then uh, in some states, I think they hold parents liable when young kids get hold of guns and harm themselves or harm other people. I don't think Washington State does not do this, but I do know in Michigan they charge a, a family member, a, a father and mother with the crime after their children, after their son went to school with their gun and shot up the school. So, anyway, I think that we have to really be aware of guns. Uh, and I know that America likes guns more than they do apple pie and ice cream. I mean, so that's probably the first dessert. It's guns, and then apple pie and uh, uh, and ice cream will be uh, uh, next. How you doing, Mr. Rock? I'm doing fine, Reverend Harriet. I hear you talk about the guns, and uh, there are more guns in the country than there are people. That's right. That's right. If you ever had a, if you had a real family, I don't know how they could. I don't know how they. Could, what, what? I guess I could go out there and it's, maybe shoot a squirrel or a rabbit or something. <laughs> but uh, you can't. You won't be able to eat a bullet. <laughs> Well, that's very true. You will not be able to eat a bullet. So, uh, you know, this this uh, relationship and love for guns, I, I mean, but there's a little thing that most people don't know because right after the Civil War, you had black militias. They were in South Carolina and North Carolina and they were armed. And uh, the Klan didn't get started till they disbanded the, the uh, militia and took up the mm. weapons. As long as black people had arms, uh, it was no Klan. Uh, yeah. uh, and then after after they took up those uh, uh, weapons and banned that, but those uh, South Carolina and North Carolina black militia, uh, uh, then they they then the Klan got started. So um, that's some of that history that we don't always know. But what's up, Mister Rye? What's going well, on? I mean, uh, I know you're always busy. How you feeling I, yeah, today? I, yeah, I was on the uh, the National Association of Minority Contractors uh, National Board meeting. Uh, President uh, Bob Armstead had a doctor's appointment, so I sat in on that. And there's going to be some uh, action coming uh, out of uh, the national office pertaining to Seattle in support of letters written on behalf of uh, Black-owned businesses in, uh, in Washington State. Uh, you know, in uh, a uh, formal complaint, as a matter of fact, your name is on there. A formal yes. complaint was filed with the United States Department of Justice, November 23rd, 2021. And when uh, the Department of Justice got it, I guess Merrick Garland, Attorney General, sent it over to the Department of Transportation to Pete Buttigieg. And I said, trying to reconcile, why would a racial discrimination complaint go to the Department of, of Transportation? So maybe that was a signal just to tell us Black folks just to keep moving. But anyway, uh, we did get support from Congressman Adam Smith uh, in, in December, uh, about a week after the report went in. His people analyzed it. We had the data there proving that Blacks were being discriminated against in Washington State, by the state of Washington, and other municipalities and agencies as well. And uh, shortly thereafter, uh, Congressman Benny Thompson wrote a letter and attached uh, the numbers from the states, not my numbers, but the state's numbers, to his letter to both Pete Buttigieg and uh, Attorney General Mary Garland. And then uh, Senator Patty Murray wrote a letter to both uh, uh, Mary Garland and Secretary of DOT Pete Buttigieg. And then in March of this year, we are going on uh, two years uh, next month, but in March of this year, uh, Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland also did letters 
with documentation. And she, at the time, was chair of uh, the Congressional Black Caucus. She was a whip of the Congressional Black Caucus. When Adam Smith did his letter, he was a chair of the House Armed Services Committee. When Benny Thompson did his letter, he was a chair of the Homeland Security Committee. And it just I had a stellar performance being the chair of the Select Committee on January 6th. <laughs> so uh, uh, in talking to some some of the members last uh, last month when I was back in Washington for the Congressional Black Caucus annual legislative conference, uh, we talked about the lack of action in terms of dealing with discrimination issues, dealing with African-Americans, especially African descendants of the United States enslaved. Have nothing against the other brothers and sisters, regardless of their color. But I'm just saying, I know if I don't speak up for us, nothing will happen. No, I no. would love to have a whole bunch of y'all speaking up for us, but I know that's not going to happen right, right away. And it's <laughs> our duty to speak up for ourselves. And it's our earned right, having that's died right. in all of America's wars, that's and right. some brothers fought against them, uh, uh, segregation uh, during the war and fought with the British, and they got refuge in Canada right. where they could vote. Okay, and uh, now we're in a situation where, uh, uh, you know, a lot is being asked of the black community, but uh, there will be a letter going to the attorney general uh, this week, and it should be, and a copy will go to all 58 members, all 58 members of the Russian Black Caucus will be copied on the letter. Right. Uh, this is a, this is a travesty, it shouldn't be happening. And we have all Democrats in charge. And that's the sad part about this, but what happened is that, you have those anti-affirmative action forces out here and, you know, uh, no affirmative action, uh, voter suppression. And then you, uh, we're going to be all around the world over there now on, on some uh, battleships and carriers uh, checking out the Middle East. When while you're on that ship or on that land, wherever you might be, uh, your people don't even have a right to vote. Your well, you people don't have a right to equal uh, representation. Look at what happened in Alabama. Uh, but look what you just the Supreme Court said that there was justification to have a second black district. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if we can't vote, we can't fight. And we've well, been I, all know, the fighting for 400 years, and uh, they don't want to recognize that. And we got a lot of naysayers that say, if they don't show the black history, uh, we don't have to worry about them, and they'll just go away. Well, you know, well, we're not going to go away. We're not some documentation away. that black soldiers did during World War II before there was an Israel. Blacks in the United States military in That's separate right. units were freeing That's Jews right. from concentration camps. That's right. Know, That's uh, right. That's right. We have given it all to this country. Like I said before, Doc Rivers said it best. We keep loving, loving this country and the country don't love us back. We've been here 400 years, and yet people who just immigrated to this country, to the University of Washington, longer than a person who has a lineage that goes back to slavery. No, something well, isn't, that, that, that. isn't that amazing? And you know what? And then, and I don't know how you know. I, I guess the court we didn't matter how we framed it because they were going to be against us. But that's the irony what you just said that we've been here. I, you know, we've been here twenty generations now. Twenty generations. That's a long time we've been here. Uh, and because a generation is thirty years, not this little stuff that people be thinking about. It's not that way, you know. So it's been a long time. It's about, it might even be over twenty generations, but. The thing that people who just got here, uh, their ancestors came maybe in uh, in the 1900s, uh, uh, you know, and uh, and uh, they could go to the court, and um, and some of them, some of them came in the 1940s, uh, and and deny us what we what's rightfully due us, because they says discrimination against them, and uh, and our history was not ever considered, 
you know, you know, you can't help but, you know, I know you like to call him something else, but you can't help but just think about what Clarence Thomas has done compared to Thurgood Marshall, what he did. It's you an can't irony. You in the it? same breath. It's an irony in it. You cannot mention them in the same breath. Clarence Thomas is a complete sellout. He has no no values whatsoever, no, no morals, they no ethics. And they're going to get upset about what uh, the press can say about elected officials trying to re, uh, uh, litigate Sullivan versus the New York Times. So because they know that he's, people are going to be on this crooked behind, and he is a crook. He might be yeah, a Supreme he is. Court. He's a, a Supreme Court justice. Give me your money. And just us, give me everybody but black folks. And that's how you got there. And I tell you right now, had he had his year with Anita Hill today, he never would have been confirmed. And oh, no. Uh -uh. no, time, no never president been Joe confirmed. Biden was president of the Senate when that went down. There's well, no was. way We're that man would have ever been a Supreme Court justice because of the fact women were suppressed and had limited access and, and, and you know, in terms of uh, having a major influence at that time. It's changed tremendously. And and women are okay. they're right. They're the majority of the country. They have should have a lot to say. And uh well, but, but, you know, but especially when you start talking about life. talking about what they're gonna do with their body. Huh? But you're gonna you gonna have some men tell you what you can do with your body? That's ludicrous. Well, the Catholic Church been doing that ever since uh, for about three hundred years now. <laughs> so you know, yeah, well, <laughs> and, it's, it's, and I'll oh, take yeah, one thing, know, and that's going it's, it's changing too. It's changing because the women in this country are speaking out. It's definitely changing. Well, that's what's going to take. But, you know, uh, Mr. Ryan, after both of us has been here over 50, uh, uh, half a, over half a century, I, I, you know, and then looking at uh, <laughs> looking at a lot more onto that. But uh, it's amazing that this battle continues. I mean, at what point does these races put it down? I mean, at what point? I mean, and uh, and that, and that great that they raise up their great and great grandchildren now, because somebody who's eighteen years old that pick up a gun and go harm black people. What have we done to somebody that's eighteen years old? It came from home. That's where it came from. That's exa exactly. That's where it came from. And now we have this this technology with this uh, media that uh, caused a lot. You know, a lot of cultivate hate. You know, you have prime time television where you have haters on there. Right. You know, so I right. mean, so it's, right. it's no secret anymore. Any it's no secret. black folks made in this in America in any state is under challenge right now because of racism. That's all it is to it. Anti-black right. racism, particularly right. the blacks have been here 400 years. African descendants, United States enslaved, are under attack all the time, every day. And people talk, they get tired. You get tired of you just have to get tired. You better roll your sleeves up and get ready to punch and get ready to fight. Right. That's what well, you better do. And the thing that's, that distresses me more than anything is to have African-American men and women all around the world defending somebody else's freedom. Right. And don't have the right to vote right here in America. Don't have a right to participate in contracts in Washington State and other public agencies in this state. And it's happening like this all across the country. And it needs to stop. Well, you're right about that. It needs to stop. But we need some real allies who are not afraid to be called, uh, you know, in lovers. I mean, we need we need some we need some real people who's willing to stand up and be counted. And one thing about the Democrats and Republicans, one of the things they will they they both want to preserve whiteness, and so that the, the Democrats go so far, because at the end of the day, they want to preserve whiteness. At the end of the day, and that's that's really what this is about. Uh, and uh, so I vote a Democratic ticket. I mean, for the Supreme Court. 
because hopefully we're going to get some better judges. And that's why I wrote that vote, that vote, that ticket. But believing that they're going to really, because uh, uh, Biden, he, he, he blew his opportunity when he came in. You get the most done the first 90 days or the first 100 days, first 200 days, what? Something like that. Not, and uh, he didn't work hard enough for us. He was interested. Well, in one thing he did do, and we got, we got to make sure it comes to fruition, is that there was a 10% goal for minorities. And I don't know if they put women there too. But uh, for the uh, $1.75 trillion of infrastructure money, and there's another uh, several hundred billion dollars going for another environmental program. And President Biden said, no, the goal will be 15%. But President Biden, please make sure that 15% happens in Washington State. Because if you look at the numbers, they're dismal. And then they say, well, what happened to the black businesses? Well, if they don't have opportunities, they go out of business. When you have affirmative action for 23 years, and that was all, all the, they voted I-200, but the, the, the governor's directive 98-01 came from Governor Gary Locke. Yeah. From I-200. So, and, when, uh, you know, and when we were down there trying to keep Brands really, trying, trying to keep him from just dogging Brands really, we didn't know then he's the one who had signed that paper, did we? We didn't know that then. Well, I'm trying to remember that was before them. Anyway, it happened, so that's the most, most right. significant thing. Yeah. But now, everybody that's in elective office, uh, if if you you gonna lose and, and you know they didn't just pretty much ran all the black folks out of the city of Seattle, and that was that's the economic apartheid. Well, we still got numbers. some here, you know. The black legacy home ownership is they're bringing them out, man. It's it's, it's still some yeah. here. Well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God for Chikundi Salisbury for doing. Oh, what and guess what? Guess what? Facebook did. Somebody reported that as spam, and they took it all. They took all the stuff down from yesterday. All everything about the black. Uh, I wonder what real estate agency did that. I don't know, but somebody did. So, I mean, he's having done the review. No, no, we, I mean, no we're, not, amazing? we're not under amazing? constant attack. There's no question about it. That's right. And I tell folks all the time, if you come with me, don't start complaining about how hard it is and when they're going to stop. That's right. That's right. Because it's not going to stop and you just have to keep fighting. <laughs> you have to tell your children to fight. You have to tell your grandchildren to fight and make sure they don't go for the okie doke. And that's, that's right. the most important thing. And that's and right. Claire Thomas is a good example of what not to be like. <laughs> yeah, that's why we have to have the Thurgood Marshals out there and, and all the people who work for justice for us. We have a litany of people. Thurgood Marshall is, I, I mean, I, I, uh, Clarence, whatever his last name is, I mean, he uh, he's done a lot of damage, to, uh, but we have a litany of people who continue, who work, gave their life working for us, I mean, uh, and, and that type of thing. So, wow, you know, this is a... This is a, this is really something. I mean, to be where we are in our life and in our age, uh, just to think about that. You think about uh, you know, 1963 and uh, you know all of these things that happened and the march on Washington and uh, you know uh, uh, the, the late Arts Fletcher uh, uh, and all the work he did to put teeth in uh, in affirmative action to make it worth something. And then they came along and put the white lady on there to take some of the teeth out for us. Uh, so it's been a constant two step. You know, one step two step forward and one step back. And, uh, but I tell you one thing about the mighty Africans and we, we are that, I mean, because uh, we've been gone all these years, don't say the drums don't beat in our heart. That's what Miriam McLeod Mathum said, that she, she was a daughter of Africa because they had the drums beat in her heart. And so we just keep at it, don't we? <laughs> don't have any choice. Don't, don't have, have any choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, one of the things, I mean, some of the young people are not choosing to take this route and we'll see how, we'll see how, how far it gets them uh, uh, if God allows us to be here. But if, as long as I'm alive, you know, I'm going to do the best I can to keep raising our history, re raising what's due to us 
and uh, and that we're worthwhile and valuable. We have a right to be on the planet, and we have a right to prosper. We have a right and, to prosper. We yeah. we also have to make sure that our, our history is out there. Like people don't want to hear about. Uh, two or three black folks being hung. And in one instance, there was a woman and two black men. And uh, uh, it was on a Saturday afternoon and uh, families came out. I think it was a Sunday afternoon. Families came out yeah, with, came out for a with picnic. picnic baskets. Yeah. Brought the kids to see some brought black folks hang and be mutilated. And yeah. that was a form of entertainment. So if you're not getting on contracts, children. you know how far it can go. Well, but but uh, but look, they took their children, and then nowadays they're talking about trauma. Okay, so what happened to the children who went to the lynchings? <laughs> were they traumatized enough to grow up to be better, or were they traumatized enough to just want to stay doing the same thing? You know? Yeah, you know. I mean, nobody's ever done a dissertation on what happened to the children that um, that their parents took them to to see a lynching. I mean, that that would be an interesting study because you still got people. I, uh, who the descendants of that because the story probably got handed down, you know, but that's a whole nother, uh, another what to call them. So, but anyway. You know, we, also, um, we also got to look at the fact uh, on January 6th, all those folks <laughs> came out to overthrow the United States government. Yep, and had the Confederate flag none of them, None of them are being punished. Uh, the Constitution say that, that, that Donald Trump couldn't hold no elected office. I mean, you know, he yeah, just he said, well, he's guilty of sedition. Know, they got to find him guilty of sedition first, but uh, it looked like, you know, he didn't know a bunch of other stuff, so. But I mean, I'm talking about all the key players, though, that are still running around free. I mean, you had him on, just find me, 11,780 votes. And then it's, it's just, well, anyway. Yeah, well, that's I'm still amazed how, how that went down. Well, you know, you have to be white to make that right. You yeah. know, because with Obama, he's been under the jail. Well, and everybody not that. One of the captains of uh, the Capitol Hill uh, Police Force said, was asked the question, what if they were Black Lives Matter? He said they'd have been dead before they hit the first step. That's right. Exactly. He had the National Guard waiting on him. That's right. The, and the he, National he, Guard he, was waiting, but he never called him. Were, no, he did not. Yeah, no, Larry Hogan, the, the governor of uh, Maryland, said, I was waiting on the call, but I never got it. No, he never got it. Yeah. And then they took the but, National Guard in Washington, D.C. from under the auspices of the, of the mayor and put it on the truck. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, you know, we're going to get with this stuff, go to bed with this stuff. But, I, you know, I, I, I still believe in divine justice. I believe in hope. I believe in kindness. I believe in goodness. I believe in all the attributes that uh, Dr. King believed in and, you know, that we talked about. We would, uh, uh, And uh, I, I do believe that uh, the world is changing. And yeah, well, uh, I, I follow Dr. King's uh, principles too about nonviolence. But one thing is, if we can't vote, we can't fight. You got folks, well, all black folks all around the world I'll agree. I'll waiting, to, waiting to defend someone else's freedom and they don't have the freedom to vote, to participate in the, righteously in the economic system, to have I'll quality agree. housing. So, and then right. we got to go and make sure somebody else has that, but we don't have to at all. Well, home. yeah, now, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you that we're going to uphold democracy of freedom for somebody else and then come home and you got police for, uh, brutality. Uh, you have all these jobs and all this stuff where people are not doing well. And then, you know, health care and all those other issues. I agree. But I tell you what, we'll just have to keep at it. And I want to thank you for Mr. Rye for coming on your Mother's Justice Show and continue to have a great weekend. Uh, you should have gotten the information about Mother's uh, Breakfast. I sent it to you this day. So, um, okay, well, we'll make yeah. sure you're all to talk about it. It's okay. been what, 31 years now? 32. 
Oh, no, 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 33 years. No, no, that's 33 years. Ooh, I'm just 33 yeah. years old. <laughs> yeah, no, you just you started when you were 12. Yeah, I did. I did. I All did. Right, it's been a long time. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. I'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Are you thinking of building a new home? A beautiful residence, custom designed to meet the needs of your family. If you are, then get started by listening to Designing and Building Your Dream Home with your host, KT. The show features interviews with award-winning residential architects, custom home builders, and other residential design and construction industry experts who will share their knowledge and expertise with you. That's Tuesdays at 1 p.m. right here on 1150 KKNW. Hello, friends. This is Stephanie Parrish, host of the Vitality Health Show, your voice of hope and healing. Each week, we will be bringing you leading doctors and naturopaths, as well as top nutritionists and mental health and emotional practitioners, bringing you hope in your healing. Join me, Stephanie Parrish, on the Vitality Health Show, your voice of hope and healing. The Vitality Health Show, Tuesdays from 7 to 8 a.m. And for more information about the show, visit MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at virtueshealing.com today. Good afternoon. You're still listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM KKNW. Thank you so much. This is your host from Walden. Hey, I had a glitch with one of my guests and I got someone else that I can see if I can get on. Um, but you know, that's how life is. You know, you always have to be prepared for the unexpected. And you know what? That's why they have the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. I think they teach you how to be prepared, how to do something else, even when you didn't know it was going to be different. And that's what life is about. It is really about being flexible because you just never know. And especially if you raise children. I mean, and if you and, and even if you're a school teacher and if you're a manager uh, uh, like my like uh, Erica, he, he takes care of the, uh, my show in uh, uh, the art there, uh, studio guy. Uh, he's always prepared for a, for a, for for all kinds of unexpected things. So um, this is Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And so I'm going to talk about mothers right now. I mean, I've been doing this for 33 years, so yeah, and I got a lot to say about mothers. Uh, and uh, our breakfast is November 9th. I'm excited about it. We just keep going along. We're we're a grassroots organization. We're not uh, we're not down at the uh, uh, not, 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 we're not down, downtown at one of the fancy hotels. Uh, we're going to be at the Esquire Club. It's going to be good. We were there last year. We had quite a few people there. We had standing room only. I mean, you know, lots of people love us, uh, uh, and they always come out. So, uh, But anyway, one of the things that um, I'm still on the Community Police Commission, people wonder why I'm still there. Well, I'm still there just because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've done a lot of good work in this town, and one of the things we worked on 
uh, beginning in 2010, around the untimely shooting of a uh, death of uh, John T. Williams, uh, was to bring the DOJ to town. Because of, uh, because of that, that year, it's just been a bad year, 2010, a lot of events happened around policing. But as you can see, a lot of events keep happening around policing, don't you? And I understand why people are upset about them, but our community does need, we need help in a lot of different ways. I mean, we need help to be able to actually arrest some people who have guns. And some of those people are young people. Why? Why do we have an epidemic of young people doing things? You know, in my personal opinion, I, uh, my, my personal opinion, I, I, it's that, um, oh yeah, my, and my, my guest just popped on here. But my personal opinion, why we have this situation that's going on, because our children are not being taught culture. And they're not being taught spirituality. It's our culture that got us together, you know, kept us going. And this is the longest that we've lived anytime with Caucasians. We've been fighting them for our longest being in America. And now our kids are in classrooms with people who don't like us. You know, I mean, really and truly. And I don't think we've grown, I don't think we know how to handle that piece at all. And culture, spirituality, and religion got us through uh, uh, all these years of degradation. And now, we are out of this so-called degradation, and then our children and young people are harming one another. I want to bring Miss uh, uh, Angela Davis on. She's been on before. Um, you want to unmute yourself, Angela? Thank you for Hello. showing up for me. Thank you for showing up. I really appreciate you. I talked to you earlier today about something that's happening on Thursday night. We were excited about it, so I'm glad I'd already called you today. So I didn't call you out the blue. <laughs> I called you because <laughs> we had ever talked. We had also talked today and about your program. And I, I just admire your work. I admire your tenacity, your resilience. I, I, and the fact that you, um, no matter what it is uh, that's happening in your life, uh, you find a way to keep your spirituality going uh, and to navigate life. And I'm really, I'm really proud of you for doing that. And uh, so come on on and just tell the people about who you are and what you're doing. And you, and you got some wonderful children. You had a, you had a wedding this summer and uh, you got a son that does uh, lots of good stuff. So let's just tell, let's just tell the world who Miss Angela Davis is. Local Angela Davis people. She's local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my name is a conversation starter every single time. Um, oftentimes I get asked, are you the Angela Davis? And I say, yes, I am. I am the Angela Davis. I honor and applaud the one that most people identify with. I honor and respect her, but I'm not going to minimize my significance in the world because of the purpose of which um, God has designed me to show up. And so I honor and um, appreciate that. I'm not at home at this juncture, which is why I have my camera on. Oh, no, um, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. No, I'm just glad that you could. I'm glad that yes. I called you and text you and then you could say yes. I mean, you know, oh, absolutely. If I'm if I'm available, the answer is yes. You know, because we are community. We are to work yeah, together yeah, in collective, yeah, yeah. you know, transformation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, of the yeah. move of raising yeah. the elevation of consciousness mm -hmm. of the yeah. person, yeah. Yeah. according to yeah. the you know, according to the unique divine nature of which people have already they were predestined to become. Right. You know, um, there's so much that you put in um, as a beginning for the conversation um, today. Mm -hmm. uh, for one, you know, you were talking about our children. 
you know, yes. and how we want to take the time to really hone in onto what their needs are. Right. You know, because ultimately there'll be adults that need to make decisions that impact the world and the nation, you know, right. and, and with this electronic world, you know, they are holding the nation in their hands and they may not even have that aware because we're a global society. The minute they hit, uh, hit enter on the computer, they are internationally connected. You know, um, there's a there's a social media implication. There's a. Um, mental and emotional implication just by the electronics that are in existence. And I'm not afraid of electronics, but the way that they're utilized and how we um, need to be absolutely mindful of the impact of social media on our young people and how we as humans need to recognize how we are to continually consider our presence, our mm -hmm. ability to interconnect with one another is so needed on such a vast, um, on a, such a vast way. And so right. in order to, to, to recognize all of those things, you know, um, our youth are getting so much more information so much sooner than their level of consciousness is able to right. comprehend. You know, yeah. and that is such a huge thing. We don't even really know the outcome of that just yet because we're yeah. still kind of like on the forefront of its impact. Right. You know, you know, and to expose our young people to so much information when their brains are yet developing and where they're not able to make connections to impact on an electronic it's already, you know, enough on the human level for human interaction to make comprehension of impact and intent and outcome, right. you know, and um, mm -hmm. the passion and the, and the desire to have a level of understanding of how we show up for our young people, no matter where we are, whether we're in public or, where, or whether we're in a, a formal setting of any type of institution. Oh, young right. people are watching and absorbing everything oh, at yeah. such a rapid pace. A rapid at such pace. a rapid pace. Yeah, you know, you know we take those things of, of futile, you know, like it doesn't really mean anything. You know, well, you know that's one thing that I, you know, I really, really agree. Because this, this generation of children will be the first children in the world to ever grow up and not have their mothers to hold their hand. If you observe mothers crossing the streets, they're not holding the children's hands. They're absolutely on the phone. They're not watching the children. And I, and I find that stark, stark uh, 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 contrast for 2,000 years. A mm -hmm. mother has always held her child's hands. Every culture mm -hmm. around the world. And now the children are crossing the streets behind the mother, not in front of the mother, and the mother is on the phone. Yeah. yeah, and that human connection is so intense and so powerful, you know. Um being able being able to to allow that role to continue to foster and germinate and be implied, you know, is such an amazing thing. Oh, it, we, it really is. It, it really is. And not being able, 
you know, like you talk about the in, the uh, uh, the the impressions that impressions that's coming in that they're dealing with. I mean, it's so much, and uh, and a lot of it is fake news. And if adults believe fake news, then you know the young people are going to believe fake news. But I think all of this is being done by design because the children that's coming up today, I mean, they're not going to be using all their brains because they're not using all their whole brain now. Because writing, you know, you're a writer, you know, writing with your pencil helps you use all your brain, you know, uh, and, uh, and uh, the other way, just the computer, and then you retain things longer what you read in a book, which you, and then you can use your fingers. All of that, all of that help you, uh, help help you, and uh, and uh, so I think I think a lot of this is being done by design. Oh, it absolutely is being done by design, you know, and which is why we all have to grasp as much of an understanding of the impact of the technology on our human interaction, on our human connections, and how do we understand that that disconnect is impacting us all. You know, the young people, because a lot of times I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not framing this as though I'm a psychological expert or anything. I'm coming from the experience of working for uh, the Juvenile Detention Center for five years. I'm coming from the experience of working with Children's Home Society of Washington for five years. I'm coming from um, a plethora of ways of which I've seen the impact of the lack of human interaction in the youth and, and knowing that their basic needs, all of them, the majority of them are coming from what we as human beings give them. Right. You know, and um, the fact that young people are so easy to harm another other, another person. Yes. A lot of that is part of that connection. When you look at a human being and look at them as another object, oh, that's that thing over there versus the impact of, I'm looking at myself because I'm looking at you. You know, that's, that, that's, you know, that's the disconnect. And how do, we, how do we actually instill that the severity and the depth of othering another human being versus the dignity of acknowledging human dignity and decency and what we do to one, we do to each other, we do to ourselves as well, because it's all reciprocal um, in action. Well, you want to take a minute and introduce yourself yes. about what you do in the community? I mean, you get yes. into, but the, so you know. I mean, yes. I mean, you have you have a, you have many things you do in the community. So you want to just you know tell a little bit about what you do in the community? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so I have a company which is called um, CCS Unlimited, and the goal and the mission is to develop restorative beacons in every community. What does that mean? What is a beacon? You know, um, if you are in a looking at the shore, you see the light of that beacon, restorative practices and to normalize it. The goal is to develop that. And what that means is that we are in community in communication. Um, so I have a restorative circle company and the goal is to collectively acknowledge that we are humans and to normalize restorative practices, not to, to diminish or to take away 
to the fact that there are five police precincts in one city, why don't we have identifiable restorative beacons in every community so that we can potentially de-escalate the need for certain things if we have the normal way of circle communication? Um, so that we can work in collaborations because sometimes we do need to have the police come and protect us in safety. So I'm not diminishing that in no way, shape or form or fashion. I do know that there's a human and an inhumane of how we need to coexist. But if we never collectively come together to have communication, how do we begin to shift narratives if we operate in silos? And so that's one aspect of that. And with that piece, um, working with coalition coalitions and organizations and institutions and community-based situations so that we can begin to normalize and honor the deep work that circle keepers do um, to be able to make that a living because we do not have enough money for crisis beds. We do not have enough money for... um, um, intervention and mental health professionals, and okay. if we were, and if we were to consider the beauty and the impact of qualifying and acknowledging that circle keeping is a vital community base. There's a wealth of knowledge and expertise that our community is. has, and right. that okay. is cost effective. It is preventative. It is reducing a lot of the data that is escalating. But until people actually grab a hold of the fact that it would be cost effective and see the benefit, maybe they will get a get a notion. Right. To- that, that's how it's been with the Virtuous Project. It's been around for 33 years. And now, mm-hmm. now people that mean believing now more uh, believing that these words on the cards. Uh, that the virtues actually can, uh, you know, with the virtues healing circle, you know, that's similar. Yeah. I mean, uh, but but different. But they all, they all, they all are making progress in in the world. I mean, this is, you know, they out there across the country, across the world with the other ones. But but the, but the circles are ancient. I mean, that yes. you know, I mean, the, all all the indigenous people and even Europeans at one time was indigenous. They don't remember, but that set around set around in the circles, and so circles goes back ever since i mean you could say that the master said in the circle <laughs> with, yes. with, the, uh, yes. with, with, with his uh with, with, with the disciples and uh and all the things like that way and uh you know and and so so circles uh has something to do with no beginning and no ending exactly you know, that, uh, that, that that we are there forever but one of the things that maladoma said he's in spirit now he wrote the book of water and spirit he said the youth are violent when the elders are missing and he says that the elders and the youth need to be together. And mm-hmm. the reason why? Because the elders help give the children's heart compassion. Mm-hmm. Because it's so, so if they're not around elders or people who help give them compassion and empathy, then they grow up without any. If, yeah. if their parents are not teaching it. But when you, it's hard to be around elderly people all the time and not have to have some empathy or compassion because you're going to have to get up and go do something for them eventually. The glass of yeah. water. You know, go get the newspaper, you know, go get the telephone. <laughs> You're going to have to go get something. And then that makes you come out of yourself, yeah. begin to know of what service is. Because our mm-hmm. children don't know what it is to serve. Right. 
don't know what it is to serve, you know, and I, and because the more you, I mean, because even, even the little ones would help clean up when you, and they feel so good when they put their little toys back and, you know, you give them a little out of girl, a little out of boy. I mean, every, even in the beginning, there come, they want to be helpful, you know? Yeah. That generational connection is so intense and so powerful and so vital, you know, cause how do you, how can you know where you're going if you don't know where you've don't been? Exactly. Right. And, that's, and then, that, and that's and exactly then, true. Yes. Yes. And then when you start, when you were talking about the virtues cards, you know, everything begins with a thought. You right. know what I'm saying? And those, and your virtues model is actually very, very, very much needed and should right. be very foundational right. in right. the whole concept because yes, okay. you are transforming language that transforms thoughts, that transforms ideas, right. that transforms narratives that shaped the world that we exist in today. And, um, you know, and I do honor and I do appreciate the fact that you are because uh, the language and the concepts of your virtues model are the words that we need. Those are the words we need. Because, right. they help. you know, they, help they, they, yeah. they say the definition of insanity is what? You know, <laughs> they keep doing the same thing and looking for a different answer. Yes. Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah. Yes. But what, 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 what's important about what you're doing, and I, you know, is that uh, this came out of the deep love for you. And, and, you know, you brought this from a well of love for not only for yourself and for your family and for the community. Uh, and, uh, and and you keep at it. And uh, and, and and I think that's remarkable. Uh, uh, and uh, and I can see those beacons because, uh, uh, you know, we have some plans also. And eventually we'll probably hook up with some of these plans. But because, see, um, you know what's going to heal the world? It's love. Yes. Love is going to heal the world. I mean, all the mm. other stuff, all the other stuff is sinking sand, you know, sinking sand, sinking sand. And I know that you're in a place right now and I just appreciate you coming on. You jumped on for me and I, I, I appreciate you, I, 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 Angela Davis and all the work you do in, uh, in Seattle. And after a while, it'd be in other counties, you know, just keep going. Keep going yeah. with this, okay? Because you're trying to help and you want to uplift you want to help you helping mothers and other people who've experienced uh, uh, tragic deaths in their family, uh, uh, right. family members taken so 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 swiftly from from them, uh, uh, and uh, and we're all trying to heal. I mean, yes. from 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 a society that don't love anybody, and the society doesn't care about children because if you mm. haven't fixed uh, schools where people can't go in and kill children, when you mm. don't care about children, I mean, it's been going on ever since Columbine. You know, mm. I mean, uh, uh, and so. So if we if this gets fixed, it's gonna get fixed from love and from people like you that absolutely wanna love them up, you know. And you know, I'm gonna have somebody to draw that draw this poster for me. It's gonna be a big old fat lady, and I ain't the fat lady, uh, you know, in the, in a uh, uh, in a rocking chair, and she's gonna sing, "Bring me the babies," and she's gonna just rock the babies and love the babies up. See, that's because love yes. is so necessary, and that's what you're doing with your program. You're bringing so much love and i appreciate you coming on uh, uh and before you go i just want to do a little shout out for mothers again i want to talk about our, our breakfast on uh uh, uh it's going to be on november 9th and i uh, and asked you to volunteer and uh, you said yes you, you you might be able to do that and mm -hmm. one thing i'd say about you uh also uh miss davis is that your word is good i mean your word thank is you. good you all you know you're faithful to your word thank you and, uh, and i and i find that commendable because so many people, when they tell you they try, I put them in the no box, they ain't coming. 
because mm. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as organizing for 33 years, if they say they try, and I said, well, let's call another volunteer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they show, right. they'll be waving. But if they don't, yeah. if they don't, you know, Lonnie Nelson taught me that, that was with me for 22 years, a stellar, stellar volunteer and know how to help, know how to, how to bring people in as volunteers. And she did that right. so well. And, uh, and so I appreciate your, uh, your word is good. Uh, um, and uh, if you have to make another agreement, you do call and say, you know what, something else has come up and I, you know, I want to give you my, you know, you call for it for an, for an excuse or you call about honesty about what happened. And uh, so I think that's commendable because so many people, they call you back tomorrow. Oh, girl, child, you know, I tried to get, oh, no, no, you don't do that. <laughs> right. Right. I appreciate that. And so Mother's Justice Breakfast is November 9th at the Esquire Club at nine uh, seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, time would have already jumped back. OK, so it's going to be dark for folks. <laughs> right. Right. You know? I mean, you know, it's not to, you know, so you're going to get up in the dark for a while and go to bed in the dark. So that's how it's going to be for a few months. But, you know, Mother's has been around for a long time. And, I, you know, I appreciate people like you who come and help us out from time to time. And I'm um, so I thank you for getting on here for Mother's Justice Show today. And I, and so I'll let you go ahead and continue your day because you stopped what you were doing to help me out today. And I appreciate yes. you, Ms. Davis. I appreciate you. you. We'll be talking. Yes. We'll be talking later. Okay. Yes. All right. Peace. Blessing you. Thank you, honey. Peace thank and you. blessings. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. But, and right. I tell you that this is this is what my community is like to, uh, uh, in Seattle. You know. I could call somebody up and I, so, you know, this is, if people say they don't have a community, that's not true. We have a community in Seattle. We have yes. a good community in Seattle. We really do. And I, I always say that when people say you're talking about, you don't have community. I said, I don't know what hood you in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah we, say real quickly, you know, you talk about mothers and justice and healing and restorations without mothers. Without the mothers, your organization, and without mothers in representation and community, we would not be in existence, and we would not be forming into the humans that we are. And so I want to honor you, Mother Reverend Harriet Wilden, for who you are and who you represent, you know, and what you have done down through the years to uphold things in the most dignified, decent way in the midst of any adversity, tragedies, con- contention and everything. And I just want to say that I honor you because of that. I honor you because of who you are and whose you walk around in presence of. And because of that knowledge, you are beauty. And I love you. Oh, I love you too. And I want to tell people we got a podcast. They can, you know, catch this, tell your friends about our podcast and I'm and I love you too. And, and it's okay to say I love you in public. It really is. I mean, more people need to hear that. And yes. this is genuine. So thank you so much. We're going to go welcome. ahead and go on now. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. I'll be back next week. And next week is Hiram's birthday. That's my son's birthday. So it's all about mm. Hiram next week. You know, we're going to jazz it up. We're going to be talking about Hiram. Hiram is in spirit. But he's always in our heart and always with us. So see you next week. Tune in about Hiram Salisbury. Thank you.